I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Good afternoon, James. How you doing? Good. You're sounding chipper. Yeah, it's sunny. It's getting to spring. I don't know. There's lots oh, to... Oh, boy. Wasn't it cold today? Yeah, but like, at least was... the sun is out. That makes me happy. Sun's out, guns out, Jonas, as I always say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about, obviously. Uh, a lot has happened since we last recorded the podcast, including you bringing your the guns out for the gun show. That's something you do wear a cut off t shirt. Um, yes. So, Maybe not, not in February, but yeah. Yes. So, we'll get to some of the stuff going on with the Leafs. Obviously, the goaltending we should talk about. We should talk about that game they played against the Blues. First game without Morgan Riley. No John Tavares. No Mitch Marner in that game. Uh, we'll talk about Tyler Bertuzzi. But I think we have to start with something we haven't touched on on the podcast because it happened after we recorded the podcast, and that's what happened in Ottawa. I'm guessing like a lot of people are tired of this. I'm a little tired of it, but it's like a, it's a big story. We haven't touched on it, and now it's kind of played out a little bit more. We know the suspension. We know they're going to appeal it. Um, where are you at with this this story? Are you over it? Are you done with it? How do you feel? Has there ever been uh, someone? Someone said, like, what was the last suspension that got talked about this much? I mean, not even the Perron one got this much chatter. That's Toronto. I don't think, like, I know, I I can understand people having a reaction to what Sheldon Keith said about it being the Leafs in Toronto, but I think that's true. Like, I don't think that that's BS. Do you? Well, I think the truth is that it has more eyes on it than anywhere else. Like, if that play would have happened, if that play happened in Arizona, Anaheim game and it was I don't know take your pick if if um Logan Cooley did that to you know Radko Gudis or something like how how many people would be talking about that I nobody I mean <laughs> would there would there be a suspension I don't I don't know probably probably I mean it would I mean, it would like it would get play on the on the highlights because you know you're a guy takes a slap shot in an empty net and then he gets hit in the head. I mean, like that's, but it it would have, it would be, it would die down quickly. Yes, Um, that's true. But you know, it, it, it's, it's a rivalry game, Toronto in Ottawa. It's Morgan Riley. It's a suspension that people thought was, was 
a lot of people thought was longer than they were expecting. And there was the in-person hearing and there were, there were some elements to this that just made it kind of a firestorm. Well, we were messaging about it after the game and you said to Joshua and I three to five games. And I was thinking like, are you, are you nuts? Three yeah, to I five know, you, games for that. You were saying it might be a fine or something. I was like, are you nuts? Clearly I was like, I thought at most like a game because <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, obviously, it's a cross check. He ends up hitting him in the head. I don't think he's trying to hit him in the head. Um, it doesn't matter if he's trying to or not, though, right? Like, there was, you know. Does it, he's not injured. He he literally has no history. Like, I thought that that the video explaining it, it it really pushed it in a lot of, like, it, it was hyperbolic in a lot of senses to me. I don't know. How did you find their explanation? What do you make of five games? Like, does it not matter that he he literally has done nothing in his career to this point? Does it matters, matter? But it doesn't. Not? It it does matter, but it doesn't mitigate the whole thing, right? Like, I, does I it mitigate it at all? So, like, if he had history, a little he bit. gotten seven games, ten games. Yeah, yeah potentially. That's silly. Okay, go ahead. the The biggest thing that the league didn't like is that it wasn't during the course of play, and I think what they really don't want to see is players score a goal and celebrate and get and there's a dirty play that happens on them afterwards like let's say it's Trevor Zegris and he's doing the Michigan and someone doesn't like it and they take his head off I mean yeah but that's not I, the first incident of a guy scoring a goal in a fashion that the other team doesn't like and the other team reacting like that has happened I can't recall it off reacting would have been that. fine like I knew right away as soon as I saw it I, I can't remember what I tweeted I tweeted something like I don't know what Morgan Riley was thinking there or something like that and like Leafs fans went crazy and I got attacked and like I was getting all kinds of stuff but you can't put your stick in the guy's head like you've got like Morgan Riley should have just dropped the gloves and punched the guy in the head because that, that, that's better. That's 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 okay. It is better. And they it, basically it, it, implied it, that that's insane. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That well, if he had dro- thrown a stick on the ice and just clocked the guy, we're okay with that. That's good. That's fine. That, how does that make sense? Well, I mean, like, I mean, the, the league is literally allowing fighting. They're allowing players to punch each right. other in the head. That's what I was going to say. Then and then they're also saying, but no, but like, if you uh, almost cross check someone in the head, that's we're not going to take that shit. Like, well, he did cross check him in the head. It wasn't an almost. Okay, I'll, I'll disagree with you on that. It comes up, and I would have given I, I would have given Riley, you know, three four games. That was my initial reaction. I think that that's probably the right number. That's They're appealing. They're, I I don't agree with you. I mean, Perron got six. And I think the Perron one was the Perron one is way worse. Way but you worse. see what don't you see what they're saying though? They don't want people to be yes. That was in there the dirty play after a goal, not a hockey play, not in the course of the game. It's not a hockey a play. Sure, yeah, that's why it's a game. Like I don't understand how it gets to five. Well, the problem, Jonas, I think if you and I, I don't know. I mean, I, we're talking to Leafs fans, so I don't know how many people are going to agree with me here. But like, if you allow that. It's a slippery slope. Like, what if the next time it's it's a harder cross check to the head? You know, like it's it reminds me a, a little bit of the Nazem Kadri plays, like where in the playoffs that he got suspended. Those for. were like, in just, the course of play, though, right? But just going over the line to the, an extent that makes no sense. Yeah, but that's also another example of the league basically making up something. Like you could you could really make a case with those suspensions that 
they went over the line with those suspensions. Like when had we ever seen a player? I mean, maybe we have, I just couldn't, can't think of it off the top of my head. A player just gets suspended indefinitely for the rest of the series, like for something that's within the game. Like there are penalties, James, like we have penalties in the game for a reason. You get a penalty for you doing something. Yeah. Wrong. But if you and do something really egregious, then you get more of a penalty. Right. And I think one game would have been a penalty. Like I don't, I don't understand how it gets to five. Like I know you're saying like some, so the, the disciplinary history, it matters, but clearly it doesn't like, I don't understand how it, you can say it, it, it doesn't matter. Well, per- Peron had no history and he got six games for what he did. So. But six. And even that honestly is, is probably a little excessive, but that one's worse. Like that one. I mean, is like, Jonas, right, honestly, like predatory, he has more time to think like that. I'm for stiffer suspensions. Like if the league wants to make a change and, and suspend for longer for things like this, I'm fine with that. I mean, the, the, the biggest, well, because I don't think that this crap should be in the game. I don't think you should be cross checking people in the head. Take out. So the only well, I mean, I'd, I'd probably be okay with that too, but but I mean, that's a whole other can of worms and a whole sure. other discussion. Yeah, you know, like if there was an injury, imagine what the suspension would be. Like if oh. there was a significant injury, if he had gotten hurt, then I can understand five games. Like that makes more sense to me. Like, yeah, it would it would be more than that if he was significantly hurt. Okay, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I get that the idea for supplemental discipline in that case because it didn't happen during the course of the game and all the other stuff. But like they made it sound like in that video that like he had this well thought out plan. Like it literally all happens in like five seconds less. Like it's just bang and it's done. And like, well, if he cross checks him like a little bit lower, like a foot lower and it's like upper arm. But do you really think in that situation, James, like he is thinking like, I'm going to nail this guy in the head. Like he's not, but it's 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 like when you, It's like when you get like a speeding ticket or something like, do you mean to do it every time? No, but you know, if you go over the line, then you, you get punished. Like that's the rule is not what your intent is. It's the same as any kind of penalty during the course of play. They said in in the explanation, the intent was, they thought like, I can get get you the language. Go ahead. I'm going to find the, well, I mean, the intent was to confront him and to, you know, uh, out of retribution or anger over, you know, what he did. Retribution, yeah. They said uh, Riley had sufficient opportunity to choose to engage him in a different manner or ensure that this cross-check is delivered solely to the body. This That's is what I'm int- saying. If he check, if he cross-checks him six inches or a foot lower, then this is an intentional, it might not be anything. Strike to opponent's head using the stick as a weapon to exact retribution. Yeah, like he definitely... I think it's good that they're punishing sticks to the head more. Like there was an edict, the league had an edict in 2021 where they said they were going to punish cross-checking more than they had in the past and they showed a bunch of videos and i think that that's good i guess what this gets at is is the problem with their system like no one knows what the hell no. anything is no and they also no. have like i don't know i i mean i've never thought super hard about this but like i don't know why george peros is handling the supplement supplementary discipline out like i don't know like he's obviously a smart guy. I think he has like an Ivy League education. Like I, anyway, like I, I just don't understand the whole system how it's supposed to work. Like maybe it just would be better if it was like an outside the system kind of person who's not a hockey player. I don't. Maybe a, like would a rubric help? Like if you do this, you get this many games. If you have history, we add this many games. Like it's just so. I like nobody that. Knows R- what the R- rubric. Is. Yeah, Good I like word. that word, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I like there that. you go. 
Yeah, I think that they. What if they just had like a big wheel they spin, or like a <laughs> die that a die that they roll, and then that's, that's an awesome idea. Yeah, I like that. I mean, maybe that's what they're doing already. But you get a fine. Uh, I just think that I think they should get rid of all you know blows to the head, just because like. Well, then you have to get rid of fighting. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. Well, like it's that's just ludicrous. Like, for don't them, you think like, like a, an important? Don't you think thing. That, a, a, a fight though is two willing combatants looking at each other and driving gloves and, and making the decision. It's, it doesn't well, matter. It's like if you're, if you're saying, different, it's a lot different than someone cross-checking you in the side of the head. Yeah, but if we're saying like we want to protect the head and we don't want people to get head injuries, maybe we should stop letting people punch each other in the head. Like especially with everything we know about the impact that that well, has on people. Like you can't have to, it both to their ways. to their credit, Jonas. I mean, how many fights are left in the league? Like there's hardly ever. Even I think Ryan Reeves has two fights this year. Like. How many fights do the Leafs have as a team this year? It was I mean, why any? Why are you allowed? Like, this is another thing that I don't really love. Like, why, when you think a hit is bad, are you just allowed to go and attack the guy and punch the guy out? Like, I don't think that that's is that is that not retribution? Is that not intentionally trying to hurt someone? Is that within the course of play? Like, I don't. Well, that would be an instigator penalty and potentially a game misconduct. And, but, is, and but you don't you don't very rarely get suspended for a fight, right? Because there is a penalty for fighting, just like. And it, uh, we're off on a tangent like i just i just don't i don't care like it, it i'm not a, like this doesn't matter to me i just think it's i can understand why the leafs and why leaf fans would be frustrated by this because it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me all right i also guess, i also uh, don't love yeah go ahead sorry I, I got some trivia for you here guess sure. how many fights there have been in the nhl all season we're like 50 games in guess how many fights in the whole season or if that's too hard i can give you some other things to guess is so what about this? A hundred? One ninety-three. Wow. Okay. That's more than um, I thought. But yeah. Get guess how many fights the leading fight getter in the whole league has this year. Like these numbers are so far down from what they used to be. Four? It's it's eight. But and who is it? And that? it's it Liam O'Brien. Oh, I love that still, guy. Yeah. He's, he's still with Arizona. Yeah, he's a hard hitter. That guy's a little bulldog. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like I, he's in Washington this year. Uh, and Andreas Engeland also has eight fights. Brady Kachuk has six. He's the he's the first big name to show up in the list. And the team that has the most fights is Minnesota with 27 this year. Right. That makes sense. Uh, I can't get... The, I don't know how many of the Leafs have because this site does not show me the whole list of how many well, fights I mean, how... Would Ryan Reeves be leading the team in fights? Like, does he have any since the start of the year? Like, there's no. To your point, like, it's not a big thing, but I don't. I just think that's kind of like talking outside of both sides of your mouth, or whatever that saying is. Um. Anyway, let we can. Is there anything else like you want to touch on about this? Like, I didn't love the the this. I mean, all the takes like were kind of exhausting. I'm sure people like don't like our takes or whoever's takes, but like one of the ones that I didn't love was like. Oh, there's a wrong way to score into an empty net. It's like, come on, like, don't bullshit. Like, you know, that was taunting. Like, that's what it was. And you do something like that, you're bound to get an opponent annoyed. It happened. Like, I've seen that in basketball where at the end of a game, game is over, shot clock is off, and a guy goes and dunks. And there's a reaction because it's like, the game is over. What are you doing? So I think, I mean, I think like even in like beer league, if someone, Yes. shot like that into the empty net there would be yes. there would likely be a response did you see that video that um the how-to hockey guy on twitter i i retweeted it it was it was a video of like here's some other potential 
ways that they could score into an empty net. And he was like doing like the canoe and like poking the puck with like it was a pool with like a, with a pool cue. The stick is a pool cue and no, I didn't see that. doing a Michigan on the empty net. And stuff. Was, I'll send it to you after, but it was, I was laughing. Next time the Leafs play the Senators next year, what they can do that into the empty net against Ottawa and see what happens. Yeah. That'll be another brawl. Um, we should talk about before we get to that game they played against St. Louis, and we can talk about the the Ottawa game as well, or any other game you want to talk about. Um, not a not an insignificant injury, obviously. Like I think if you're ranking the most important players, he if he's not one, he's two or three. Um, what do you make of like how they move ahead? Do you like what they've done in terms of the pairs? Do you like Are you talking about Riley? Yeah, yeah. Well, he doesn't have an injury. Did I say injury? Sorry. Yeah, he said not the most significant injury. I meant anyway. absence, absence, sorry. What do you make, James, of how they've handled this in terms of the pairs, in terms of what they're doing in the power play? Um, just trying to make up for Riley's absence. Because like in, in different seasons, I mean, you could even look back to last year when they played without him. Like They were a better team last year. They're in like a more precarious position in terms of the playoffs, obviously, this time around. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, they played one game, and it, it was the St. Louis game, and you know, I heard some people arguing that St. Louis really just didn't show up and play very well in that game, which they were not good. I mean, they were they had won seven of eight and they had blown out Montreal on the weekend. And I thought it was going to be I thought the Leafs were going to be in tough, you know, no Tavares, no Marner. You looked at that lineup and it's like it looks kind of like a preseason last game of the preseason kind of lineup or not even the last game, I guess, like probably one of the like middle games of the preseason. Um, and it looked like it was going to be a tough night for them. And then it just wasn't. Uh, I I think that maybe that was their best game of the season. So mm, it's up there for sure. We'll see if there's any like momentum from that for them, or if that was just kind of like St. Louis had an off night. And I don't know; it's hard to say. But I don't have any problem with the pairings. I mean, I think that I think it made sense um, what they did. Largely, it was it was you, know, you and I were talking about the power play. I was asking you like who was gonna. I was actually asking you who's going to be on the top power play unit because I was like, oh, maybe I should pick someone up in the hockey pool. You bastard. That's why you were asking me? Well, sort of. <laughs> yeah. But but okay. uh, someone already has Jake McCabe on their team. So it's like the deepest. The athletic hockey pool is like the deepest pool I've ever been in, in my life. But I was just wondering like if it was going to be Logan. I was like, yeah, maybe he's worth picking up for a few games. Um, but I was also curious. And I said to you, I was like, well, I think I might think about going five forwards. You know, like I don't love any of the defensemen out there on the power play. Um, the one that I think would probably do a good job would probably be Timmons, but he hasn't isn't available. Um, he's got mono and is out for probably a while, which is bad luck for him because this would have been finally his opportunity maybe to play some more games. Um, but I think if you went five forwards and now it would have been, it would have been hard to do in the game where they're missing Marner and Tavares. So I said this before that point, but I'd like to get Domi on power play one when there are opportunities. Cause I think that that his, his playmaking skills, I think could really help the power play. And I don't know if Sheldon Keefe would ever go five forwards. I mean, they kind of dabbled in that. Well, I think, can I interrupt you? Ago. Yeah. I, I asked Sheldon Keefe about that before the game against St. Louis. And he said it, it is something that they were thinking about. And they specifically wanted McCabe in there uh, because of the style of penalty kill that the Blues had in terms of being really aggressive. Mm. And they wanted to replicate the Riley left shot with the McCabe left shot. I still mm. think it's something we might see. Like, I don't think that that's off the table. 
I wouldn't be shocked. Like I know you mentioned Domi. I think that there's something to that. I don't know where he fits in terms of like position on the power play because he well, you move Marner Yeah, yeah, you move, you Marner move Marner up to the top. Point. Yeah, that that yeah. makes some sense. I I would lean to to Bertuzzi and try to stick Bertuzzi beside the net. They have Tavares now kind of operating more in the bumper, and I'd try to like just get Bertuzzi to somehow get a goal and like maybe start I was to feel say- good. I, I just I think Bertuzzi wished on a cursed monkey pie or something because I don't think he's ever scoring again. I just think that that's so it's wild. You know, eh? <laughs> he's getting he's getting so many chances, and you know, like all of his underlying numbers have been really good, and just can't make anything go in. So it's I don't know. I don't know. Has he talked about it much? Like, has he? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying what you would expect him to say. I thought like the most interesting thing I heard from Sheldon Keefe about it actually today, recording this on Wednesday before they play uh, Philly the day before. Uh, And he said one of the things he kind of told Bertuzzi is like, you maybe got to practice some of the stuff a little bit more, like work on your shot and work on some things that way. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is, is last week when I wrote about their secondary scoring issue, that was maybe the first time all year. What I saw after practice uh, was, was, Bertuzzi doing exactly that. Like I have not seen that at all. And he was, you know, working with Guy Boucher. He was kind of positioned around the net in the slot. And he told me afterwards, it's like they're they're trying to use him more in the bumper spot in the power play. And he wanted to work and get some touches on that. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like work on that stuff. And I think Keith, I'm reading between the lines of what he said, like maybe you should do that like more and like and kind of push your do everything you can to prepare like i see john Tavares working on everything all the time i see austin matthews working on everything all the time same with neilander like some of these guys like it doesn't just happen by accident and they have a skills coach like now that belfry yeah they still have a skills team like it's not the same like patrick o'sullivan works with a lot of the guys individually Haley wickenheiser is out there from time to time they were out there today so like I, I think that that's something he could do to put himself in better positions. But James, like I know they're talking him up and everything. He doesn't look like the same player he did in Detroit. Like it's not even, it's, he's a different player now. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's confidence. And I raised this point in my story and Keith brought it up t- today, actually, that this is not a one-year thing. This is basically what happened last year. He didn't score a lot in Detroit. He didn't score a lot in Boston. Like, and so you start to wonder is like, is this what he is now? Is he, just not going to score a lot. I don't know. Well, I don't think he's getting five and a half million on the open market in uh, in July one. So, um, yeah. and I don't think he's going to come back. I mean, it, I got all the least can hope is that he finds a way to break through. I, it's interesting that the you know an NHL coach would say <laughs> maybe you should practice. You know how to put the puck in the net a little bit more. Like that, the, the, they would even have to say that. Some to guys just kind of, don't do it. Like it's just not yeah. part of their routine. Like I, right. I, I brought up and you, and you were around a bunch in those days too. Like Phil Kessel, literally, like the the practice would end, he was gone, and like he didn't. He was so talented that it didn't matter. Like maybe it would have helped him, but like for other guys, it matters. Like you kind of gotta do everything you can to maximize it. Like those cutbacks you see William Neander doing a game, he works on that. Like I see him working on that all the time. Like that doesn't just happen by accident. Like Mark Master did a great job. I thought on one of the broadcasts a few weeks ago where he showed Austin Matthews working on that one time. He mm-hmm. worked on it. Like it, it just doesn't happen. Like, so 
yeah, like I, I think you're practice, right. I, I think, practice like you want to play. Is that the saying? Something like that. Yeah, and honestly, like there there just are some nights where he just doesn't look like he's in the fight, and like when he's in the fight, like you can really notice it. Like he's kind of like a burr in the ass, and like I don't know. Hmm. I wonder if you saying ass means that this gets an explicit tag on it. I or think not. I already swore. Sorry. You did? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I missed it. Uh, let's uh, let's take a break, and then there's a bunch more to get into. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So the Leafs are at an interesting point on some other fronts. Wait, let me give you an opportunity. Is there anything you want to talk about? Because I have my whole list and I just want to make sure I'm not ignoring something that's important to you well i haven't loved the way they've looked in a number of recent games mm-hmm. the ottawa game they were not good no. but it's funny you know they're five and two in their last seven games you know if you go back to you know winning the winnipeg games before the break and so i mean the record's not bad they're not they're playing a lot of weaker teams. They've got Philadelphia, Anaheim, St. Louis, Arizona, and then they got a tough schedule with some really good teams. Yeah, it gets brutal you know, that for a bit. Yeah, they, they go on the road Vegas, on the road Colorado, uh home Vegas. Uh there's an Arizona game, then they get the Rangers at home, Boston at home, Buffalo at home on the road in Boston. So, you know, add that up, it's, you know, 1 2 3 four, five, six of eight games against, you know, some of the very best teams in the league. And it's going to be a real challenge for them. Well, and then you look the rest of the way. I'm just looking at the rest of the schedule. They played Carolina twice. They've got Edmonton. They've got Florida. They've got, actually, they got Florida twice. They have Tampa twice. They have New Jersey three times. They have Detroit, who's like hanging around the playoff race. Like, I mean, this was a story on the athletics. I'm sure people saw that, uh, that they have one of the harder schedules in the league in the second half. So I'm, I'm just pulling up where I think, I believe Dom's updating that strength of schedule every day for the remaining games. Uh, and the Leafs are down to one, two, three, four, five, the sixth most difficult schedule the rest of the way. Yeah. And uh, so far this year, they've had one of the five or six easiest schedules in the league so far. Yeah. Well, and, and now they're they're getting to a point where it's getting a little hairy with injuries, which hadn't really been a thing for most of the year. Like they had the odd injury on defense, but like now, I mean, injury plus suspension, you don't have Riley. They were missing camp for a few games. They don't have Yarn Croak and probably won't have Yarn Croak. You know, he's now on LTIR, so he's not going to be back for a while. Uh, he's missed, I believe, five games. So he has to miss five more. So he's probably, you know, a couple weeks more away. Joseph Wall looks like he, he's, getting closer um so that's helpful martin jones is now hurt so the schedule is getting harder injuries are starting to crop up i mean that's you know there's going to be a trade at some point there's not that much time left until the deadline like i wonder if all this stuff how close it's getting like i I don't i'm guessing you don't change your plan but like do you try to attack it more urgently do you think maybe but i i it takes 
you need a, you need another team to to want to do that, right? I think what's happening here is the asking prices are really high, and the buyers are just trying to wait it out until the prices come down. And you know, so I don't know. I, I've been asked this a couple of times by different people, and it's like I don't know if the Leafs can speed it up. You know, it's just what's happening on the market right now. And yeah. there's been a couple of trades. Um, there hasn't really been a defenseman that's moved yet, right? I mean, I think that well, it's Adorov way back, right? Right. In Drysdale, but I mean that wasn't really like a that wasn't like a buyer seller situation. Um, you know, well, Calgary wants first round pick for Tanev, and Toronto doesn't want to give up the first round pick. So you know, it's <laughs> there's not really a way to resolve that. I mean, to your point about finally having injuries, uh, moving into a tougher part of the schedule. The other thing too is that Detroit's played well, and yeah. they're coming up behind them, and. All it would take is a team like, like right now, New Jersey's on the outside looking in. Um, and all of a sudden that could matter because if the Leafs are in the wild card, all of a sudden they don't have to just worry about their division. They would have to worry about the teams in the other division, the, the Metropolitan in the, the Eastern Conference. You know, a team like New Jersey gets hot. They are only four points back of the Leafs. Uh, almost every other, well, every other team in the playoff race ha- is beating them on the tiebreak, which is the, the regulation wins. Um, so they're not they're not a lock to to make it right now. Yeah, and and I think that that actually the playoff picture is actually kind of part of this whole thing too with, with some of the stuff you were talking about with trades. Like there's a lot of teams that are probably not probably that are like on the fence clearly like do we sell, do we buy? Like you mentioned Calgary, like Calgary they've been here like a little kind of it eh like of late like 5 of 10, 5 wins the last 10, but like they're right around the playoff picture despite like selling some pretty you know important parts they gave up on they, the home obviously they have a 33 percent chance of making the playoffs right now in the west yeah but they're, like, in a, they're in this cluster of teams like one of calgary nashville minnesota seattle st louis is going to get in right so like if i'm them james like i'll just say like you don't want to meet my price cool we'll just like keep trying like we'll just keep doing our thing like maybe we'll make the playoffs like i don't know that that's the best strategy like given where they're at, like they could use the assets, but like Seattle is a good example. Like they have some people on that team that I look at for a team like the Leafs. Like I wrote about forwards and we could talk about that in a second, but like if they're going to be in the picture, like they, maybe they don't sell or they don't sell unless like you make them a really good offer. Like they're just like, I've scoured all the rosters, James. Like it's, there's just not a ton out there that you're just like, Oh yeah, this is, there's like a lot of good. There's like, there are players that, that would help a team like the Leafs, obviously. But I don't know. Like it's kind of eh. So the Leafs currently have a ninety-five percent chance of making the playoffs, according to our latest number. But uh, the most likely position for them to finish would be third in the Atlantic, which they're at fifty percent chance of finishing there. Uh, the next most likely position would be in a wild card spot, twenty-three percent chance that they finish there, or actually more than that, because they could finish fifth in the division and be in a wild card spot. So, yeah. Well, so that that kind of brings me. I did want to get to the goaltending situation, um, but let's talk a little bit about some trade possibilities. So I wrote about forwards and specifically centers that that could help the Leafs. The well, we know thing- the Leafs are looking for a center right now. Like I, I think the perfect deadline in their mind is a top four defenseman, yeah. ideally someone that can play with Morgan Riley, and and a center probably. You know, I mean, obviously like a third line center who's good defensively is what they need. Well, so I can ask you uh, if there's anyone that sticks out for you that you really like. But the first thing I, I did want to check in with you about 
that was kind of posing problems in my mind when I was thinking about some of these possibilities is they just don't have a ton to trade. We know that. And it's like, what if like you look at Adam Henrique as an example, what if Anaheim says, you know what? Like Sean Monahan got a first, like maybe we don't get it. We don't want a first. Like he's, his cap hit is bigger. He's older, but like we want a second or like, like the, I guess what I'm getting at is the Leafs don't have a ton of assets to trade. And if they need to use some of them to acquire a defenseman, how then do they acquire a center as well? Mm, I don't know. I mean, if they're trading for an impact defenseman, maybe they trade, maybe they move a defenseman out. I mean, we talked about this last week, but I don't think it's out of the question that someone like Logren could be in the mix on a trade, especially if you're getting someone that has term on their deal. Like you would, you wouldn't trade Logan for a rental, but I no. I could see that happening. I mean, this is a really important stretch for for Lilgren where he's getting a chance in the top four. I don't think he looked very good against St. Louis. He did not. I mean, he might have been one of the only players that didn't look good against St. Louis. Um, well, and and it's 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 not. I mean, you can we mentioned some of the reasons that he wasn't on the first power play, but like he doesn't kill penalties like really at all. Like he's like just a fill in option. If one of the regular penalty killers is in the box, like there's just, I don't know. I don't know. Like it really does feel similar. Like we talked about to like Dermot and Sandine where it's just like, yeah, can he get there? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but is there a center out there that, that you really like for them that, that makes sense? Like contractually, uh, price fit. Is there, is there someone you uh, really like? I, I kind of like Boone Jenner. I think he would be great. You know, he's having a good season for Columbus. Yeah. Um, I think he's better than his, his contracts. Uh, is he three three point seven five or something like that? Three four five, I believe. Uh, no, I think it's more than that. But um, three six five. Anyway, it's in that ballpark. He 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 would be. You know, he can give you some offense. The other guy I mentioned to you who uh, I kind of like is is Bukestad in Arizona. Again, like really, really cheap. I think he's making $2 million. He's got some term on the deal. Size. Uh, played for Edmonton in the playoffs last year and scored some good goals. And I, I could just see a fit there. They don't need someone who's a world beater. I don't think that they need a top six forward. Like I think they've got enough options. They need someone that can build another line around. They need someone to like... They need a better David Camp, basically. You know, um, David Camp just—I mean, he unfortunately, like you know, David Camp is making the kind of salary that he should be able to be that player, and he's just not. So, yeah, um, they need someone that can build a third line around. Whether it's, you know, if you had the the only thing with like someone like Jenner is, I think it's for sure going to cost at least a first round pick for sure. So and more, is, I, I would think. Like he's their right. captain. He's like he's not. He's signed right. for two more seasons, I believe. After this one, like, and they re- they really like they really like him. Like they're the organization's super high on him. So right. it would take a lot, I think, to get him out of there. I just getting someone who's a veteran NHL player who's brings some physicality and some good defensive play, and I think that's what they need more than anything. I mean, the appeal of that, like with Jenner, is like. He is under contract. He fits like you're talking about what they need, but like, I'm not sure I'm spending the farm on like, like he's, I think he's either 30 or 31. He's not fast. Like he is signed. So like that helps you beyond this year, but like, I'm not sure I'm spending all my assets there. Do you know what I mean? Like the only way Columbus is selling him, if like, if you, I would think 
you you make them take the offer like the offer is too good for them to pass up and like what is that like i don't yeah. so that's why and and buke stadlin you mentioned like they, he's an option like I, he's slow like i don't i've never like been a huge fan but i mean like you're you're not picking from a, a great pool i i like wenberg like i, I kind of think he makes sense he's like just kind of safe and boring and like he, <laughs> he, he kind of fits i think what they need uh I safe and boring here people are getting excited here listening <laughs> they honestly that's part of what they need like they just need somebody like the problem with him is like he's just not going to give you a ton of offense and like obviously they already have problems with like secondary scoring um winberg also makes more than jenner yes, and uh is but he he's, ufa yeah he's expiring and and like right. seattle is still in the in the playoff picture he's their number two mm, center so he's bare they're barely in the playoff picture though like they're I mean, uh, Dom has them at a 14% chance right now. So like they're, they're barely hanging in there. I think if you're them, like you should, they should probably go for some assets and and retool a little bit. Like, I don't think that they're going to be a threat in the, in the West. Yeah, I think that's right. They made the playoffs last year. You're right. Like that's, that's the smart organizational play. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I really think, I mean, you were on this like two years ago, like Henrique would fit in a lot of different ways for them. Um, but, Someone go back and listen to the shows from two years ago because I don't think you liked him. But I, uh, yeah, know. just because like he's he's slow and like they already have a slow center in Tavares. But like I've been watching them a lot this year. He like he plays really hard minutes for them. Like he's he's he isn't fast. He still isn't fast. But like he can still score. Like he's on their number one penalty kill. Like the Leafs can use that. He can win draws. Like he, I've come around on the idea, um, especially because like their center situation hasn't gotten better. Like it's, I mean, if anything, yeah. it's, it's worse. So, I mean, this has been a need for years that they need more center depth. So, well, and they, they obviously went out and traded for Ryan O'Reilly last year and like, there just isn't Ryan O'Reilly this year. So, right. Right. Well, there is, he still exists. Oh yeah. He's still alive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's still alive. He plays for Nashville, uh, but obviously he wanted to be in Nashville, uh, which is his right. Um, so the goalie situation, I think, is getting a little more interesting. Um, Joseph Wall is is inching back. He's not going to play Thursday. I wouldn't think he plays Saturday. Maybe he'll play next week, maybe in that St. Louis game. Um, I don't know. Like, Martin Jones is hurt. I don't know where this is going. Like, I have absolutely no idea how this is going to play out. Like, what do you think no. happens here? I think you carry three goalies until you need the cap space. So, you know, and, and Jones is number three. They, they, they need to get wool some games just to, you know, get him ready and see where he's at. But then again, Samsonov's played well. Like what, what's Samsonov's safe percentage? He's been a little since, more uh, leaky. He's been the, a little, yeah, that's the word. That's the word leaky since, since the all-star break. Yeah. Like, but I mean, he's, he, he didn't have to face anything in that, in that St. Louis games. And the two games before that, he was not very good. So, so, uh, TBD. Wall's coming back from a really tough injury. He's missed a lot of time. He's a young goalie. He doesn't have a lot of experience. Um, they're going to have to be, they're going to have to be willing to, you know, it could be, he, it could be some, some tough outings for him getting, getting back into the mix, right? Like you can't expect him to come back in and be a world beater right away. So I think you share the crease between Samsonov and wall and you probably go, I don't know, maybe 60, 40 Samsonov and wall. And 
I can't see them acquiring a goalie at this point. They've got three guys. Like, I don't think that that's going to be in part of the equation. They just, their other needs are bigger and they just have to hope that one of the three gets hot and can play well in the playoffs. And the tough thing for them is if, if they do, like, let's say they, they are able to add, I don't know, Tanev and Henrique. They might need the cap space where they can't carry the three goalies and they might have to put Martin Jones on waivers. And you look at all the needs for goalies around the league, like there's teams that are just desperate for a goalie. I think he would get claimed, even though he didn't at the beginning of the season. Like, wouldn't Carolina claim him right now? Like, look at Carolina's goalie situation or uh, New Jersey or I mean, there's teams that are trying to make the playoffs and make an impact and Martin Jones could probably help them. I guess like it's still to be decided like how these next few weeks go. Like if, if Samsonov yes. goes backwards, like you might get back to the place where you're like, we need the cap space. We put him on waivers. Like, mm. right. Like he, he yeah. makes more like, I didn't think of that, but yeah, that's potentially an option. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. But then, but now he's played better. Maybe someone would actually claim him. That's the thing. The I, I still think it was a mistake that no one claimed him. I get like he was in like this terrible funk, but he was on an expiring contract. And some of these teams just had like nobody, like, it wasn't that long ago that he was a good goalie. Like, I still think that that was a mistake. I said that at the time, like I, but, and now I'm he's turning looking, around. Like imagine if the Lisa lost him on waivers, like he just got claimed and like, well, if you're Carolina, just, you know, you've got Freddie Anderson's been out with the injury and on LTIR, you could, you could, well, yeah. he's actually not on LTIR. I think you pointed that out. That, that was the issue for a lot of teams. Like cap space, they just couldn't. Yeah, but I think what I'm saying is I think Carolina had the cap space to pull it off, especially with Anderson. Like if you put him on long-term injured reserve, you have the money. Yeah. So Carolina would have been the team that would make the most sense. You know, but I mean, there's, there's like 25 other teams that wouldn't have the cap space. But then, I mean, what if you're a team like San Jose or someone who's dead in the water and yeah, not going to do anything? Do it, not, just claim him, play him, and if he plays well, maybe you can trade him at the deadline, retain half his deal, and maybe you get a pick for him or something. That's so know. smart. Yeah, that's the kind of thinking that more of those crappy teams need. Like, they, they need <laughs> I would love to be the GM. I'd love to be the GM of like a brutal team, like assuming <laughs> I had some jobs because I would just do all kinds of wacky stuff. I would like claim as many guys on waivers as I could and then put them on the first line and like <laughs> let them score some goals and then trade them away for something. And like at least I would, them I up and then, and then trade yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't weird. know why. Yeah. Why doesn't, why doesn't like uh, uh, Mark Lazarus or Chicago writer was writing about their deadline and they have like, they don't have anything to trade because there's nothing left on. Well, and, and, not, Forgive me, but they keep signing these guys. Like, why are they extending all these players? Like, I get they need players, but it's like, wouldn't it make more? I, I maybe trade you just them. need trade, players. Like, trade, trade, trade Nick Felino and Jason Dickinson, and yeah, then like, sign the them in the summer. Use they Jason Dickinson. Like, why? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, trade Jason Dickinson to the Leafs, get yes. an asset, and then sign him again in July. Yes. Bring him back. A hundred percent. It's it's but also you look at their bonkers. roster. I know they're tanking, but like why don't you just get a couple of pieces that you can move at the deadline that someone wants? Like, you know, for them it's gonna be like the Colin Blackwell sweepstakes, like of guys like they just don't have they don't have like anyone that they can move, which well, it, seems it, like it, a mistake in the position that they're in. Yes. I mean they do have like a million picks, but like maybe you get prospects, like you can just keep getting more picks and like no downside. I think it would be fun to, other than watching your team be crappy every night, I think it'd be kind of fun to run one of those teams and like try and find inefficiencies and ways to get better. Well, you remember uh, that, that Leaf season, the 15, 16 season where they, I think, I don't know why more teams don't do this. They just went in free agency and said like, we're just going to sign these 
P.A. Parentos and Daniel Winnicks and who was the other guy, Mike Santarelli, and just like with the express purpose of like trading them at the deadline and getting something back and like it worked too, right? It worked, right? Yeah, they got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean that's the the other thing with some of these teams like selling, like they should be trying to get as much as they can for anyone but the problem is like a lot of these teams like the crappy teams like really to your point like with chicago like even san jose like they just don't have a lot that like contending teams can afford to take or would want or you know what i mean like i mean they don't have a lot period like end of story i, I some people are probably listening to this and be like you can't like claim good players on waivers and like I, I, but you know uh chris johnston uh wrote for us yeah that was great last week yeah, it was about like the best waiver claims in the last, what was it, the last three or four years or something. And it was like the Coyotes got their starting goalie on waivers. Montreal got their starting goalie on waivers. Eli Wasn't Tolvin Aiden Hill it. on that list? Mm, was he? I don't think so. Did he? I, I, he was traded, I think. Was I don't, he traded? Okay. Mm, you're testing my memory, Jonas. Sorry, right, I'll look it up. Yeah, he was claimed on waivers. But he's... <laughs> Yeah, really? They just got their number think... one. Go- yeah, I mean, unless I'm reading this wrong. Yeah, I think he was claimed on waivers. Oh, he... Huh. Well, he's not on Chris's list, so I don't know. But when was he claimed on waivers? Like earlier? Yeah, let me double check this one sec. But yeah, go ahead. Anyway. I was just going to go down the list. Like, there's pretty useful players, like, kicking around. And that's another reason why. And this goes... This, I'm going to bring up... He was traded. I'm sure you're right. Yeah, he was... Yeah, they... Um, San Jose. It was a, a draft pick, right? Yeah, fourth round pick. Yeah, but yeah you're making anyway, you're making me you're making me crazy, Jonas. Uh, yeah. Eli Tolvanen's on the on the top power play unit for uh, Seattle. Scored a lot of goals for them. Well, and that uh, was one. That was a good example of a guy like you knew he like he just needed a chance. Like it wasn't working in Nashville, but yeah, continue. Sorry, uh, Josh Mahura uh, with the the Panthers, who's who's played pretty well for them. You know, there's like there's interesting players that that ended up there, and um. You know, Valimaki's with the Coyotes. Valimaki's an interesting one. Someone, oh man, I'm trying to think of the context I saw it. Oh, oh I remember. Uh, I can't remember what right, who what writer pointed it out, but uh, the Flames had a chance to get Mark Stone from Ottawa. Remember when they were doing the Mark Stone sell-off sweepstakes? Yeah. And the, and the breaking point for Calgary was they didn't want to trade Valimaki in that trade to Ottawa yes. to get Mark Stone. And then they ended up just waving him, like whatever it was, two or three years later, and losing him for nothing. And that's part of like the talent evaluation of what you have on your team is so important because, you know, if you don't get Mark Stone, who's been obviously great for Vegas because you're protecting a defenseman that you don't really want. And forgive me, it was another writer that wrote about this and pointed out that I, I want to say it was Thomas Drance that did it, but it's a good example of like you don't want to like hold on to these eggs in your basket that might not end up being anything when you're a team that's going for it. Well, I mean, Cloak and I were literally arguing about that at the game yesterday. Uh, Exactly that. And I don't want to speak for him and I won't get into the argument here because he's not here to explain himself. But that was kind of my point with him is like, we were talking about Minton and Cowan. I was just saying like, I would trade those guys because like, I don't know what the hell they're going to be. And like the team right now is built to win. But anyway, that's a separate story. Well, yeah. even like Lilgren, like if the team, if the organization thinks Lilgren is only going to be a third pair defenseman and that's where he's yeah. going to top out at, you might as well trade him because you can sign third pair D for a million, million and a half bucks. And, you know, and I know that would be painful because he's a first round pick and there are expectations for him. That's where, like, like I said, the talent evaluation is really, really important because if you still think he can be a top four D, you keep him for sure. 
But if you don't think he's ever going to get there, then you might as well get something for him. And I mean, we'll see what happens with Rasmus Sandin and where his career goes. But, you know, it could be something we could look in two years from now. And we're like, they're lucky they went and got the first round pick for him. Yeah, he plays. I watched them the other day. He plays all the friggin' time. <laughs> it's crazy how much he plays for them. Yeah. Well, they but, don't have a lot, right? Like, yeah. That's another team is I'm not really sure what they're trying to do other than get Ovechkin goals. Like they're the in a tough spot because they have all those older players and like, yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to cover before we go? Huh? Did we talk about everything? What about you know what we should talk about? We should talk about uh, the man of the hour in the the game yesterday. Oh, Bobby McMahon. Bobby McMahon. What a crazy so I believe. Thing. I believe last week we went through all the free agents and talked about should they resign them or not. I and I think no. we, yeah, I think I think we were down on Bobby McMahon. I've always I've always liked him. He's one of those guys. that's like a great story. He's kind of like I don't know. He's like one of those guys like Joey Crab or something like that, where you look at his backstory. He's like, how did this guy make it to the NHL? And usually the answer is just like sheer perseverance, you know. And I hope that Bobby McMahon gets a little bit more of a chance after that game. I don't know if you think that that's a crazy thing to say, but like, I'd like to see him not with camp. I'd like to see him play like 11 minutes of a game instead of eight. Uh, I'm not talking about putting him on the first line or anything like that, but I just like him as a story. I like him as a, as a person. He works hard. He's taken the long way. I think he's got a little bit more talent than, than people think he does. And that's what you saw in that game is some of the talent that he has. And he's kind of like, in some ways, like poor man Zach Hyman a little bit, the way that he plays. And I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be Zach Hyman. Very but like, poor man Zach Hyman. Very, very <laughs> he, like... He had 21 goals in 30 AHL games last year. Like, he's there's some ability there. Zach know? Hyman is like... That's a, a little... I know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're I saying. I know. Okay, like uh, like a bankrupt man. <laughs> yes. Zach Hyman. <laughs> he's, he's got his pockets turned out. and But like, kind of like... The way he skates and and his size and the way he goes to the net. When you watch him with the Marlies, you can see the comparison a little bit more because he looks more like that player. Like he just, yeah, it's just straight, a different straight ahead. But to your point, yeah. like maybe maybe instead of playing him with Camp, like you give him a shot to play with, like for now, like Domi, like see what that, like give him an opportunity to play with someone who can actually make plays and like maybe that I changes just, something. Keith hit on the important point with him. He he just hasn't found a role. Like he, what what do you do? Like if, like that that famous office space scene like what is it you do like what is your thing like i well, i still don't be, know that i could tell you what his thing he's got to be really hard on the puck and just driving the net and playing net front and just being physical and i mean i know he's not he's not a bruiser he's not a guy that's gonna fight but i i don't know he's like one of those like straight ahead players that he needs to be I, like 10 percent more asshole like a little bit yeah. more. and I don't know maybe that's not in his personality but like you know what I mean like if he was really every time you like Cal Clutterbuck comes to mind like where you just feel him every time you're out there and like you're right like physically he's built and like you just don't feel him all the time and like it well he doesn't do he's that, not a guy like, that's do do? he's not a guy that yeah I mean let's look at it like even going back through to junior and he's not a guy that takes very many penalties like the Marlies last year or two years ago he played 61 games and had 16 penalty minutes like he's not he's not going to drop the gloves he's not gonna he doesn't kill penalties I think, like what like you know what yeah. I mean? like what are what is yeah. your role here 
But he should. I think he's a fourth line player. Like if if they waived him, he got waived at one point this year, right? And cleared. Yes. Like I think if they waived him again, and you're San Jose or one of these other crappy teams, like he would be one of the guys that yeah. I would claim and just like put him on your third line. And I mean, I know he's 27 years old, but well, anyway, like I, I take Ryan it back. Reeves, I seems like yeah, I right? take it back. I would resign Bobby McMahon next year. Yeah, he he convinced me with that performance. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he, like, would I rather play him in a game in a playoff game than Reeves? Like, yes, ten times out of ten. How about Ryan Reeves giving the whole big speech about make hockey violent again, and then he gets completely rocked in the game by? I'm. I can tell you, Aussie. I don't think that that's going over well with the team. Like, I don't. Well, I, don't I heard that I, that's I a wasn't thing they love. I wasn't there, but I heard that they didn't want him to talk about well, that. Well, and I don't, I, I don't blame them to be honest. This was a whole debate at the the practice today among some of the media. Like, I don't, I just don't think it helps them in any way. But that's like kind of who he is, right? Like, that's part of the package you sign up for. Which didn't they is want like, that though? They wanted the dressing room to be louder. They wanted him to take some of the attention off of, well, you know, that's great. Draw some of the dress up in the scary costume and jump out of the box and make the videos and. When they get healthy, that's going to come to a head. Like, I mean, maybe they won't get healthy. Like, there's always injuries. But they're going to have to figure out where this thing is going. I don't know what they do. Maybe you wave them. Yeah, that 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 feels like... We've talked about that before. That feels like eventually where this is going. I like, need to write about this. Especially with this stuff, like, James. Like, especially, like, if this is going to become a thing where, like, now there's off-ice, like, you're kind of getting annoyed with that stuff and like, you're not really helping on the ice. Like, well, I'm I mean, sure the like, team hated him saying he was healthy when he was on LTIR. No, like, I'm sure too, like, yeah. like, cause what if the league looks at that? What if they get fined or like something happens is like, he's saying I'm healthy, but they're like, that's like circumvention. If that's yes. what's going on. I mean, it literally is like he was, he said that basically after his first, practice or the first week of january and he was on ir for like two more weeks after that right right yeah like if you're like you really i don't know like he's got to be careful with that stuff because like if you're not really contributing on the ice now you're becoming like a distraction off the ice like do we do we need that i don't know um would it i i'm curious i we only have a few minutes left but i'm curious like without Marner and Tavares and Nylander was missing from practice today too. Yeah, what did you make now. of what's that? He's sick now too. Yeah, it's going around. You better be careful. Maybe you want to wear a mask in that dress room when you're <laughs> yeah. going to, going to practice. Oh, I was going to say, what did you make of the the lines that they used? And was there anything that you could take away from what they did? Like I thought that Robertson, Domi, Bertuzzi looked pretty good. Do you think that that's something that they might keep together and look at a little bit longer? Like maybe that becomes the third line. Yeah, so I guess then the question is like, what is what is your second line like? Bertuzzi, like that Bertuzzi Neander Tavares line has probably been uh, like, what has been their best line all year? Like, is it that? Is it Nyes Matthews? Like, I don't, I don't know that they even have a line that'd be like that's. Well, it's like best Matthews line. and whoever is the best <laughs> <Yeah>. line. <laughs> Whoever's Matthews. You know, even in that St. Louis game, like Matthews didn't break it open, but if you looked at the underlying numbers, he was at like. 95% control or whatever. Like he, every time he was on the ice, it, the game was super lopsided. Yeah. The only thing is like, th- we've seen that before where it's like there are injuries and like, like Domi had that game where I think Matthews was out uh, and he looked mm-hmm. pretty good. It, it's just, yep. it, it just hasn't really stuck. And part of it is like ice time. Like you're just playing more. 
like how many minutes did he play in that game? Domi played 18 minutes, which I don't even have to check. That's the most he's played all year. He's actually playing more. He was playing McMahon more. played 13 and a half. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that do you, do you have any idea if the sick players are going to be back for the next game? I don't think they know. I I would imagine like based on what Keith said that they're going to see how things like how those guys show up on Thursday morning. Well, it sounds uh, like they can't keep food down, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um I mean, you, uh, we've all been sick. Like you know how it feels. Like one day you wake up and you just feel a bit better and like you feel like you have the strength to do stuff. And then there are other times you wake up and you're like, oh, I still don't feel good. Like I still can't play. Well, so. maybe someone will have a flu game that we can talk about on uh, next week's show. Well, the problem for them now, James, is they're getting into into a situation where like it's getting a little hairy, and that's why they had to end up putting Kalyanka on LTIR because like they they need people, right? Everyone needs people, Jonas. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> Everyone needs people. Uh, Pontus Holmberg, I'd like to, you know, if they have lots of guys out, I would like to see him given a little bit more rope to do something too. It, every once in a while in a game, there's flashes of him being something more. Yeah. Than- when I was kind of figuring out what they were going to do, like before the pregame warmup, I kind of wanted to see like Holmberg playing with Nealander. Mm-hmm. That was kind of what I was thinking. But then you get to the questions like, who the hell do you play with Matthews? Like, who else besides Nye is like they really don't have anyone else where I'd be like yeah that makes sense like but maybe you just like Gregor up with values I don't know for a game no, I don't I don't know I'm Gregor I, experience is kind of yeah Gregor's place. Gregor's out of out of fashion for me right now I just like you he's can see really why San Jose, you can see why San Jose didn't didn't keep him at this well, point and he's not even getting any chances I, he had the chance the other night but like he's not getting chances now he's not scoring he's not He's not even. He doesn't even look as fast anymore. Like he's not like standing out for. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, you can get a new subscription to the Athletic for two dollars a month for twelve months when you go to theathletic.com/slash/leafreport. So be sure to do that. The Leafs have the Flyers on Thursday. Then they've got Anaheim on Saturday. Then they go on this weird road trip that Joshua Cloak will be on. So yeah, be sure to go to the Athletic and read all that stuff from him, from I, from you. There's one else. There's a. I don't know if you had a chance to read it yet, Jonas. There's a great story about uh, the Leafs helping a beer league player that was playing I at their practice did. facility got his neck cut. That, you know, the crazy thing. That's the league that I play in. The league Is that, it? that. Yes, that's my league. That's a, Chris told me about the story a couple of days ago, and he's like, "Oh, it was Sunday at four o'clock at the Ford Performance Center," and it's like. Wait a minute. What league is this? And, you know, because that's often where we play. And I have never seen. I've, I've played nine or ten years in that league. I've never seen a skate cut in all those. You know, I've played whatever 160, 170 games. I've never seen one before. So it was definitely a talking point for uh, for my team in the dressing room um, when we found out about that. So uh, I got to buy a neck guard. Yeah, you should. And it's so crazy. Like the, the only reason like the league people were around is because they had a two forty five practice because there was an all star break. They're it's never nuts. there when we play. Never. Most of the time that practice rink like can you imagine what it's like on a Sunday night at like eight o'clock? Like there's like literally no one there. So I've like if someone gets seriously times, injured yeah. there's there's you've been there Sunday at eight o'clock at night? Like there's like there's like nothing there. It's just it's just some beer league games and yeah. So anyway, it's it's great that uh, the Leaf staff was there and they were able to help him because it could have been a really tragic situation. Yeah, really scary. Great story. So go read that at The Athletic. All right, James. Uh, we will talk next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.